Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. We are really excited today to be here to be talking about more Disney Plus, hidden gems on Disney Plus. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner, and I am joined by Ryan today. Hey, Rachel. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I finally got my my uh, movie fix in this weekend, going to drive-in movie theater. Uh, so that was pretty fun. Oh, that that must uh, that must be nice. <laughs> yeah, I might have cried. <laughs> it's been I, a long I, six weeks. <laughs> like I am going through like serious withdrawals right now. Like none of you can see my hand, my right hand right now, but it is shaking like a leaf over here because that's my my movie ticket holding hand. Yeah. And like it's like Gene Wilder in the uh, in Blazing Saddles. It's like it needs to do something. <laughs> right yes uh so uh i'm feeling pretty good feeling on top of the world today so <laughs> well we are talking more hidden gems on disney plus and we've been doing this now this is our what fifth one i think episode number five yes so we've talked a lot we've had a lot of picks uh and uh so i'm excited about these uh, different the different ones i feel like these ones are pretty outside the box for me this time and uh so well, let's get started what is your first uh pick so uh the theme for this uh for this week's episode is all about the 1990s because rachel you were talking about boy meets world last episode so i was just like you know what i think i'm gonna take all of my picks from uh from the decade of uh <laughs> from the decade of uh of the 1990s. So my first choice comes from 1991 and it is The Rocketeer. Uh, I've always loved this movie. It's one of my favorite Disney movies period, regardless of live action, animated and the like. Uh, it was directed by Joe Johnston, who would go on to direct Captain America, the first Avenger. And uh, it's one of those movies that really falls under the radar, especially when you consider everything that Disney has done especially the cast. Like, you got the likes of Alan Arkin, who, if I remember correctly, makes his film debut in this one. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, who would go on to become a big star and is now act still acting to this day. Uh, Paul Servino, who was in, uh, who was in Goodfellas. Uh, and, of course, Timothy Dalton as the movie's villain, Neville Sinclair, who, of course, was the third iteration of James Bond, and would go on to star in movies like Hot Fuzz and is still acting to this day. Really, the only actor who didn't do too much was the main lead who played Cliff Secord. Uh, his name is Bill Campbell. And minus some TV stuff, he never really went on to much, which I, found, I find to be really sad. But regardless of that, The Rocketeer is just, it's a really fun movie. It's a great adventure. It's got a tad bit of mystery here and there. It, the CGI holds up. It's uh, the, all the scenes with the rocket pack are still really, really good. And uh, it's, just, it's just a really, really fun movie overall. More people should talk about it. I agree. I really enjoy The Rocketeer. It has a really nice sense of nostalgia. Uh, it feels like it was made in the, you know, in the 40s. Uh, and uh, it's it kind of, if people like... Captain America, the first Avenger, then I think you'd like the Rocketeer. Has a lot of the same elements. I mean, same same director, so that helps. 
Yeah, it's like it's like Captain America: The First Avenger like takes place in that same weird sort of world, if you will. Uh-huh. Yeah, sort of everything sort of sepia toned and and uh, old fashioned and and uh, it's it's a really it's it is a really fun movie with nice chemistry between everybody and a charismatically performance and and uh, so yeah, I think that's definitely a good hidden gem. So yeah, that a lot of people haven't seen because. Because it isn't a part of franchise, and that's what we typically think of for superhero movies. And it's an original idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not based on a comic book or anything like that. So they sh- people should totally check that out. I agree. That's a good one. Um, all right. So my first pick is uh, is it's, it was kind of funny because i was doing a review of the new dolphin reef and elephant movies on disney plus for backseat directors which is the new set i've been writing for a little bit and i started watching this dolphin movie and i'm like this is really weird this is not typical of your typical disney nature film because it was all about the crew and I got about halfway through and I realized, oh, I'm not watching the right movie. <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching a movie called Diving with Dolphins, not Dolphin Reef. And, and so then I sort of realized that uh, this Diving with Dolphins is all about the crew and how they shot Dolphin Reef, not the actual Dolphin Reef. And I realized that a bunch of these Disney nature films have and accompanying a, a behind-the-scenes kind of movie about how they got the shots and how they... And so it's sort of like what you get at the end of the Disney nature films uh, with the behind-the-scenes shots, but it's a whole movie of it, which is really interesting. And uh, to hear about how they got... Uh, like in, in Diving with Dolphins, how they got the whale shots, how they got the shark shots. Like it was, it was different cameras they used, stuff like that. And it was pretty, pretty cool. It was pretty interesting. So uh, that's my first one. I guess you could say Diving with Dolphins is my first one. But really, any of those behind-the-scenes Disney nature uh, movies, uh, I think people, if you're interested in filmmaking or just these crazy people who do this for their job, uh, then I think you'd like uh, seeing those movies, especially if you watch the the actual movie and then find out how all about how they they made they got all the shots and everything it's pretty cool yeah it's uh i one of my favorite behind the scenes like documentaries on how it was made was for the original bbc planet earth Mm -hmm. uh how all the shots were made and how they would have to wait for hours and hours upon end to get the result they wanted they were literally at the mercy of mother nature so they had to just hope for the best but um but having having said that uh, i've always been fascinated by by the disney nature movies and especially like i was wondering like how on earth did they get that shot because it's it's like it's something that you would be like that seems impossible but somehow they found a way so i'll definitely check out diving with dolphins because it sounds fascinating yeah it really was interesting and almost more the some of the other fishes and the whales even more than the dolphins but but uh but it was it was it was really interesting and so i ended up watching two movies about dolphins that day instead of just one (laughs) so yeah so what is your next pick 
So my second choice is from 1992, and it is the musical called Newsies. Mm. Uh, this is directed by Kenny Ortega, who would direct many of Michael Jackson's music videos, as well as Hocus Pocus and the High School Musical trilogy. Uh, the dude is very, very seasoned in that regard. But uh, Newsies is it is a movie about a group of newsboys who uh, who live in basically slave-like conditions like it's it's pretty sad actually but um but they decide you know what we're going to take it and stick it to joseph pulitzer who is pretty much like the jeff bezos of his time like he was one of the richest men on the planet like he owned he owned the biggest newspaper in the world at the time uh, in this movie he's played by robert duvall who is always awesome in anything he's in but um, what it what makes Newsies so fascinating is that it was it it was the movie that launched the career of one Christian Bale, who would go on to have a lengthy career going up to as recently as Ford v Ferrari last year, which was incredible. If for some reason you all haven't seen Ford v Ferrari, mm. it's just fantastic. But um, but Newsies also has Bill Pullman in it, who is always great and several other child stars that you might recognize. But um, what, makes, what makes the movie stick with me is that it's, it's a musical, and it's one of those musicals that got me into musicals in the first place. Uh, it, it's, a, it, it's got a lot of catchy songs like The King of New York, and that, that, I still look that specific number up on YouTube to this very day because it's, it's very well staged and fantastic. But um, but the uh, the musical number where they all go on strike and Christian Bale writes strike in big letters and chalk where uh, where all the news is supposed to go like that's just such a great scene. Uh, there's a lot of subtle subtle story beats that I also really enjoy, like Christian Bale's loneliness and wanting to go to Santa Fe. It just uh, I, I could talk about Newsies for hours, but the put the period at the end of the sentence. Uh, Newsies is underrated in terms of musicals and in terms of Disney musicals, especially. Uh, it got the Broadway treatment in the 2010s, which I loved. Uh, I believe the recording of that musical is also on Disney Plus. So, uh, so check that out and check out the 92 version as well. Yeah, so it's such an interesting story, uh, the story of Newsies, because you have Alan Menken, uh, you know, doing the music, and this was at his heyday i mean this is right after aladdin and uh, and uh you know they he had had a great streak of of little mermaid and beauty and the beast and then aladdin and he brings he brings this out and it is a bomb not only just at the box office but also uh also with critics it uh it it, it did not do well at all and uh, and so what's interesting about it, and I remember going to see it uh, when, uh, and because I particularly remember they gave us like little, little fake newspapers <laughs> with our tickets. And uh, I remember enjoying it as a kid, but yeah, it bombed. And uh, what's interesting about it is they uh, then uh, with the Broadway musical, they changed things around they moved things they did things different and you know they end up winning a tony award for best best musical and 
I, I think that that's pretty, a pretty big trajectory <laughs> to go from being this bomb to being uh, a Tony award winning uh, musical. And I do think they made some changes that made a lot of sense. I, I, they got rid of basically all the adult characters except for Pilzer just minimally. Uh, and the, um, uh, the, uh, the, I don't think that Bill Pullman was bad, but I think the movie, the story is better without him. <laughs> uh, I can, better. I can, uh, I can see that criticism. Yeah. The, and, and Anne Margaret, I think is so cringeworthy in that, in that person. That I will acquiesce yeah. on. I, I, I'm an Anne Margaret fan, but yes, <laughs> I will, uh, I will acquiesce. When yeah. It comes to and Margaret in the movie. I will die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and they added uh, just some, you know, some new numbers, they changed it around and they made it way better, I think. But I still really enjoy that original film. It's just, it's got an energy to it. It's, uh, I think you'd consider it maybe somewhere similar to, maybe, and maybe partly because it's Kenny Ortega, but consider I, I would consider it sort of with these Disney Channel musicals that we get, uh, kind of on that level. You know, made for teenagers with a lot of energy and fun, and uh, I think that uh, that they were probably a little harsh on it. I, I know Roger Ebert said that uh, you know he hated the movie like three times in his 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 review it's like i hated this movie i hated it uh he, he did not like it at all uh, i figured so, he would say that for something like north but not yeah. new like yeah, come on bro. like it at all uh so it's it's an interesting story of trying it really it went from a zero to a hero and uh and alan Mickin ended up having the last laugh there so that's kind of fun and uh but it's definitely worth watching both to see the differences between the two and uh, so it's a, I think it's a good pick. Good pick to, to I actually had the pleasure of seeing the musical version on the big screen when it was brought to my local theater for a Fathom event. Oh, and, nice. And it was just, it was really, really cool. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like people, uh, people underestimate Broadway sometimes, I feel. Yeah. I, I saw the um, touring company of the Broadway musical, and I really enjoyed that. And I've been kind of hit and miss on the Disney Broadway um, some of them I've liked, others I wasn't that thrilled with. I didn't love the um, Mary Poppins, uh, and I know that they went closer to the uh, the book, but I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't really care for it. Uh, and I actually I actually saw Mary Poppins on uh, on Broadway itself. One of oh, the really? I went to New York, and yeah, it's. Uh, there's there's a song number where uh, where Mary Poppins like goes not a, there's a song number where it ends with with Mary Poppins surrounded in like hellfire like I'm yeah, not even kidding. there was a lot of weird stuff yeah it, it mean, was like this is not the Julie Andrews movie I remember no, no. and so I I I didn't love that one I, you know the Tarzan isn't the best. There's some others, but but there's been also some really good ones, and I would include Newsies in that group. There's Newsies, The Lion King, uh, Beauty and the Beast, those kind of things. Uh, so anyway, that's a good choice. Well, my second choice is uh, technically a series, and it's called The Imagineering Story, 
and it's uh they will have one season so far six episodes and it's all about the history of disney imagineering particularly in the parks and how they uh you know came up with some of the iconic rides iconic uh animatronics and different uh different theming for different parts of disneyland and disney world and i love that kind of stuff and i do have a, a real affection for disneyland and i'm fascinated by the history of of anything to do with disneyland or disney world and so i just really enjoyed this and uh, i thought you know they had some interesting interviews and it kind of felt like a kind of a ken burns type of thing but for disney and disney imagineering and uh, so i really recommend it it was very cool can you imagine if disney hired ken burns to do like a complete <laughs> disney history like that would make bank <laughs> that would make yeah bank. that would be really good i mean this is i felt like pretty close it was very well done so if you're interested at all in in disney parks and the 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 imagineering that they do and have done uh i think that you'll uh, you'll really like it me living so close to Disney World, uh, sometimes, uh, especially recently, I get a little like homesick, but for Disney because I, uh, I, I go like once every couple years or so, uh-huh. and and I found this channel where this gentleman like videotaped uh, all of like all of the rides and uh, the monorail and stuff, and I love the monorail to pieces, so I found a video of the monorail like the complete cycle around Uh Walt Disney World. And the point I'm trying to get at is that Walt Walt Disney famously said when he was asked what his favorite attraction at Disney was or what his favorite ride was, it was the monorail because he said that he could view all of his creations in one sitting. Yeah. There's something about that that I just kind of liked. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I I haven't been to Disney World since I was 12, but I do love Disneyland and try to get out there um, every, it ends up being about every couple of years, but, but uh, my, one of my goals is to make, is to go to Disneyland uh, once all this is, is done. That's one of my I've, goals. I've actually never been to the California one, but, um, but I do want to go there eventually. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. It's the best. And uh, one thing, if you like, uh, if you like Disney parks, and behind the scenes of Disney parks, there's a really good channel uh, on YouTube called Defunct Defunct Land. And, I heard of Defunct Land. I yeah. believe I watched his one about Adventure Park. Mm-hmm. It's like the the park that was so accident prone that it that it yeah. had down like almost a year into its into its existence. Yeah, it's he does some other other parks, but I would say about eighty percent of his content is about Disneyland our disney world and uh so he does such a great job very very well done i think he also did a video where he talked about uh what's currently known as the pop century hotel at disney world it was supposed to be like a far more ambitious project Uh and now there's just an empty lot there that's not being used yeah What, what made me like that episode so much is that i've actually stayed in the pop century hotel and i saw that building and i'm like Oh, what are they building over there? And then I found out that it's like, it's just, it turned out to be something completely different. So it was like, like, oh, I've been here and it, 
actually was supposed to be a big thing. Yeah, he just released yesterday one on uh, Tomorrowland. It was fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. I'll definitely look that one up. Yeah, it's a good show. So what do you have next? So my third choice was inspired because, well, on last week's episode, I mistakenly thought that Tim Curry was dead when he was very much alive. So yeah. I wanted to uh, I wanted to rectify that situation, and this movie actually rectifies that, but also ties into my '90s theme. It's 1993's The Three Musketeers. Uh-huh. Uh, this uh, this stars Tim Curry as an evil cardinal, and uh, who breaks up the Three Musketeers because the cardinal wants to take over the crown of France. Uh, the three musketeers in this movie are played by Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, and Oliver Platt, and they are all brought back together with a fourth musketeer played by Chris O'Donnell, who was two years away from starring in the first of the Joel Schumacher Batman movies. Boy, that was a rough time. But, um, <laughs> but the Three Musketeers is a movie that I've seen several times, and I've just I've just loved. It's a great adventure. It's really funny in some cases. Uh, it's got a great like chase scene. I guess you call it like a wagon chase, where um, where Chris O'Donnell is set to be executed, and the Musketeers save him, and they kidnap the uh, and they kidnap the Cardinal's carriage, and they're driving away, and Charlie Sheen and Oliver Platt find his snack stash, and they're going through it, and Oliver Platt is in one moment is like the wine is delicious, the champagne is excellent. Remind me to send the Cardinal a note. <laughs> It's it's just that's just so funny to me. But uh, but the three but to put the period at the end of the sentence. Three Musketeers is definitely underrated and is definitely should be given another chance. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie in years and years, but I remember enjoying it and thinking it was a fun little sort of swashbuckler. I think if you if you like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, then you'll. Uh, uh, then you'll in, enjoy watching Three Musketeers. So my third choice is uh, a new release. And so it might not be considered hidden. It's maybe a little stretch. But I really enjoyed last year's Togo. Uh, A.K.A. A- what the Call of the Wild should have been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and uh and what ball it's gonna be called revenge against balto that's what i would call it <laughs> <laughs> because we learn about balto that it was a lie we had no idea and <laughs> it, it was like the notorious big it was all a dream <laughs> <laughs> and it's about it stars william defoe and i kind of like to joke that his that this is the prequel to his character in the lighthouse <laughs> actually reading the synopsis about it i'm like <laughs> this is how it went mad yeah. <laughs> but anyway so he uh, he's this frontier man in alaska and he uh, this uh, dog this german shepherd dog uh won't go away keeps coming back he tries to get rid of it multiple times and finally he ends up not only ha- keeping the dog but but it being his most reliable dog on his sled, uh, dog sled team. And 
uh, his, I really liked the sort of relationship him and his wife when she's just kind of like, you're not going to win with this dog. Like, what are you doing? And I thought that was fun. And, and this movie was very well made, especially for Disney plus, uh, the cinematography, the, uh, all the other kind of aspects. There's two scenes where they're crossing, uh, this river of ice and those scenes were so tense and so well done i thought and uh, i i th- i thought that all the acting was good william defoe was good it has real dogs so that's better than call of the wild just that alone and uh, i i don't know just i really enjoyed it i thought it had a uh it felt like some of the disney live action films from the 90s that we haven't had because for so long, Disney only made these huge blockbusters aside from the Disney nature films or the sports films. Those were the only ones that were uh, a little bit smaller in feel. Uh, but I love those movies from the 90s, like White Fang and Iron Will and you know movies like that. And we just stopped getting them. And uh, so this was just such a nice throwback to that kind of filmmaking. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, and so if people... Uh, want a, a really good uh family movie about a dog uh then you can't go wrong with togo this may be a bit of a stretch but uh you talking about all these sled dog movies you know togo white fang uh iron will i brought up eight below last week yeah like like i i think i may be stretching here uh, <laughs> i'm putting on my tinfoil hat but um, I propose that these are all part of the DSDCU, the <laughs> Disney Sled Dog Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I mean, technically, they all are part of a cinematic universe because they're all true stories. Well, no, except for uh, White Fang. All the rest are true stories. Iron Will, Eight Below, uh, Togo. <laughs> they're, those are all true stories. <laughs> uh, whereas, except for White Fang, which is in Call of the Wild, which are based on novels. But but uh but yeah i mean i think that could be a pretty gripping uh, gripping anthology <laughs> gripping cinematic universe the twilight zone but for sled dogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> well what do you have as your fourth pick one final thing on togo i was looking uh i was looking it up earlier and this movie is actually directed by erickson core who directed invincible which was ah, one of my picks last week. Nice. I was thinking to myself, what has Erickson Ford done lately? And then I was like, oh, he's still employed by Disney. And he made Togo. Like, the more you know. Yeah, there you go. But so, I do agree. I think Togo was a lot better than Call of the Wild. Much better. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> but uh, my, my fourth pick, and I want to thank you, Rachel, because uh, when I was giving you my list you alerted me to the 25th anniversary of this movie. It's a goofy movie from 1995. So I want to say thank you for letting me know of that because my, uh, because I didn't know that it was an anniversary, but it turns out it actually is. Yeah. Um, I was going back and forth on whether or not I should include a goofy movie because it has been getting new popularity in the past couple of years. It has found a bit of a resurgence, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but as someone who has loved it from the very beginning, I, I'm going to include it anyway. Uh, if you've never heard of, the go- of a Goofy movie, I highly recommend that you do check it out because it's, uh, 
it's really, really fun. But it's not just fun because, hey, it's goofy. By nature alone, he is fun. But it's got a surprisingly good, like, father-son story. Like, there are actually good father and son moments. It's not like, oh, the father's embarrassing the son, wah, wah. But yeah. there, there's some like that. I will give give it that now that I think about it. But they're handled well, and there are genuine moments of tension, and they're handled well as well. There's a scene where, where I, I won't get too deep into the plot, where Max and Goofy have this big argument, and it's done in a super silly way, as a Goofy movie would probably do. But the underpinning of the, of the father-son relationship was so good that it's like, oh, okay, it's part serious and part funny all at the same time. It was like it found the right balance. But, um, it's, it's, but a Goofy movie is also, it's also dated in the right ways as well. Like the entire goal of, of the family is to get to the concert for, uh, for this guy named Powerline, who sounds so much like Prince, like it's just crazy. But uh, like it's so a product of the '90s, but in the best way possible. So, if you haven't checked out a Goofy movie in a while, it is criminally underrated, especially in the story department. Yeah, no, I love a Goofy movie. I love that dynamic between Max and Goofy, and uh, you know he's just trying to be a good dad. And you're right that that dynamic is done a lot, but usually it's pretty cringy. But here, like you actually feel for both characters you can understand both their perspectives and uh, and why they're feeling that way and the power line super fun and uh, even some of the comic relief i think works pretty well with that um uh with that what do they call the possum stop or whatever and, and some the, of the uh, other stuff it, it revolves possums i forget the name of it right yeah. now but it does revolve around possums yeah it's pretty good and i think the music is catchy in it uh, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of of the first Mu- the original Muppet movie a little bit as far as music, just kind of it makes you want to um, bop up and down and kind of dance to the music. It's nice, and uh, so yeah, I think that it's a really fun uh, fun little movie that you know, the whole family can watch and definitely have a good discussion and relate to uh to to max and and uh goofy and i actually don't mind the sequel it's not as good but i liked it i thought it was it was fun with i haven't seen it in a very long time so it's uh so i really don't have a ton of memories for it uh it's just goofy goes and it's going to college at the same time as max but i liked it uh but i i I really like that original goofy movie so that's a good pick well Speaking of sequels, my next pick is a rare recommendation you're going to get from me. I usually would never recommend what I call the cheap quills. Those are the direct-to-DVD sequels that we got uh, for about 15 years from Disney of their classic films. And usually they're just the worst. (laughs) I hate them. Uh, And they just feel so lazy and thrown together just just to get some nostalgia from uh from people who love the original films and i i like i said i just usually do not like them 
But I think that there's one that's pretty good. It's uh, Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Cinderella 2 is garbage. Don't watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Cinderella 3, I felt like they're actually trying to tell a new story and to have some pretty good animation, some pretty good music. And uh, in Cinderella 3, the idea is that the uh, Lady Tremaine finds uh the fairy godmother's wand and she decides to set things back and and go back in time to before the uh the wedding and uh and before the you know the big the big uh night for cinderella uh and uh to try to stop her and stop the glass slipper and just everything and uh so uh there's and they have to try to stop lady tremaine and convince the prince that uh that he's in love with cinderella and it's just it's good that it has some fun action it's it's a pretty good story i mean i love time travel stories i'm a huge sucker for it but uh i i think it's it's definitely if not the best it's certainly one of the best of these sequels that ever came out i remember seeing the tv spots for this movie uh, it was, uh, it, this came out in 2007. So that was like my peak Disney channel viewing, like my sweet life of Zach and Cody's and American dragon, Jake Long's and Kim possible, like, like that era. Right. It's, and I just remember like, Oh, Cinderella, that stuff looks like it's for girls. And <laughs> I was very dumb back then, but, uh, <laughs> hearing, hearing about it now, I'm like, man, those direct to DVD movies can kind of get dumped on sometimes. I mean, they're mostly deserving of it. They're, they're, most of them are terrible. From, but, what I've heard, from what I've heard, Mulan 2 is not very good. No, it's awful. And uh, most of them are terrible. The worst one, even though I'm not a huge fan of the, of the original Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is wow, so Rachel. bad say what you really mean (laughs) yeah no it's so bad on every level and a couple others are okay uh the i think the second aladdin one is decent the return of jafar no the one after that oh the one after that yeah is it's not the like it's watchable (laughs) it's fine um i think that the two lion king ones are, are are decent sequel to bambi is okay Tarzan <laughs> that's, no that one's bad too uh oh, <laughs> yeah no uh, because that one because a couple of them are uh are made from uh, uh from tv shows that didn't end up happening and so they just combine them together into one movie and it's really bad and that's the case with tarzan same with atlantis and uh i think that was the case with um uh with the cinderella 2 which is terrible and um i'm kind of bummed now because i remember seeing the spots for tarzan too and i never saw it but i'm like that looked really cool but now it's like oh it didn't end up being good that's one gal's opinion that the um the little mermaid even though i adore little mermaid the 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 second one is not very good it's literally just the same story except for reversed uh is this (laughs) the one where prince eric builds the massive wall yes yes i remember that one it's not very good and then and you have ursula's sister and then the they have a prequel to the little mermaid and begin and it's 
okay. It's kind of a footloose story. Uh, but uh, it. If Does she gonna... actually sing Footloose? Because if, if, no. if that's the case, then <laughs> no. I, I would have run out and bought her right now. <laughs> no, but it's the same kind of story. Triton's like outlawed music and and dancing, and and uh, so it's uh, it's watchable. But those are Aerial, the ones I would Aerial's say are like, watchable. Let's dance. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that uh, one of the worst ones is the Fox and the Hound. That one is terrible. Um, I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, don't don't watch it. Uh, and so, anyway, I do think the Cinderella three is, like I said, I think it's probably the best of all these pre of these cheap pulls. But uh, but yeah, it's certainly for sure one of the top three, no question. There we go. That's <laughs> probably the only time you'll see one of those on these on this show. <laughs> for me, at least. For me, at least. So, uh, what is your uh, final pick? So, my final pick is from the year of my birth, 1997, and it is Hercules. Uh, This was coming out smack dab in the middle of the Disney Renaissance, where they were just going from strength to strength, and Disney could just do no wrong. This movie was directed by John Musker and Ron Clements, who would... uh, who I believe directed Little Mermaid and Treasure Planet and a bunch of others that I'm not that I'm blanking on at the minute, but they've done a lot. Yes, they did. Uh, they did Moana. They did Princess and the Frog, and uh, so yeah, they're incredible. They did the Little Mermaid. But uh, but Hercules is uh, is of course based on the Greek on on the Greek myth, and uh, and it's it. And it's just a great movie. It's got it's got really really cool songs in there. Like I listen to "Go the Distance" like an unhealthy amount of times. It's a great song. It's it's very motivating. Uh, it's got a great cast, including Danny DeVito as Phil, who is I mean it's Danny DeVito, so of course he's going to be hilarious. And then he's got James Woods in there as uh, as Hades. I'll leave the James Woods jokes for our fine viewers. Uh, but uh, but as far as, as the rest of the movie goes, it's got beautiful animation. Uh, love Pegasus, and I love uh, love all the other gods like Hermes and Zeus, who is voiced by the late Rip Torn. May he rest in peace. Uh, Hercules is among the Disney Renaissance, but is almost never talked about. It's, it's really weird. It, I, I find I find that I like that a little more than I do do a lot of the other Renaissance ones. But uh, period at the end of the sentence, I do really enjoy Hercules, and it's it's definitely underrated for sure. Yes, so uh, Hercules is one of those movies that has it's kind of messy. It has so many different ideas going on all at the same time. I mean, you have uh, you have Greek, obviously Greek elements. You have Vegas elements. You have superhero elements. Uh, you have parody elements. There's so many things happening. You've got the music, but I don't know. It still kind of works for me. Uh, I think it's funny enough. I think it's sweet enough. The music is really, really great. I mean, I actually I love the the Muses songs. I think even more than Go the Distance. Um, but uh but still great both of them are one they're all wonderful songs and uh it has a lot of clever ideas like i love the whole and beautiful animation like i love the whole sequence when he's um uh swimming in the the 
like pool of the spirits to like that whole scene is beautiful the way it's animated and uh they they had a lot going on there a lot of ideas uh but also the voice cast is really strong i really love susan egan as megara i love megara in general she's so fun and but then also uh you know you got james wood as hades and he's hilarious and uh so yeah i think it's it's a really fun eclectic weird entry in the disney renaissance it's it's not my favorite but it's definitely if i'm in the mood for something a little bit different that doesn't take itself quite so seriously as your beauty and the beast or your uh you know as your uh, your little mermaids that kind of thing then i think that you can watch hercules and really have a good time all right so my last choice is a disney channel original movie called don't look under the bed and i don't know have you ever seen this uh it's, honestly this is the first time i'm hearing of yeah. it yeah when did this come out this is 1999 and i first watched it as part of my disney scares month that i do in october and uh, i was really impressed it's very clever uh it's about this uh young girl and she starts seeing all these weird things uh there's all these uh, letters that are all written all over uh the lockers on the way to school and other other strange things kind of happening all around then she ends up meeting this young man who uh she finds out is a imaginary friend basically there's this whole lore in the movie about how if somebody stops believing in imaginary friends too early then they that's when you create a boogeyman so and what had happened is her brother was uh had cancer and so she kind of not only uh not only stopped believing too young but also kind of encouraged him to stop believing and to like grow up and everything and and this whole experience had and and so because they did that then the the boogeyman is created and under you know it's a title don't look under the bed and so they have to uh try to save the imaginary friend uh and and you know kill off the boogeyman and i thought the uh the world building and the special effects for you know for what it is disney channel movie were quite clever and fun and uh i thought it was a smart idea for story and uh, it also the imaginary friend is african-american and you actually even have a kiss at one point uh, between a white girl and black kid for 1999 that was pretty pretty big deal i think actually and uh it's it's a good movie it's well done it has a good script it's very clever and i think all the kids are up for the um the challenge they're all decent actors and uh so if you are, are looking for something that's a little scary and has some pretty spooky uh imagery but not too much it's still disney uh then i think this is a uh, a good choice it's, i thought it was pretty clever yeah, this this kind of sounds, and 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 I hope I don't come across as like insulting in any way, but it kind of sounds like Drop Dead Fred. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. I've never seen it. I heard I didn't hear good things, but it, I've never it's seen a, it. It's pretty bad, but when I heard Imaginary Friend, I'm like, right, friend. That kind of sounds like Drop Dead Fred, but um, <laughs> but like a like like you said, this was released in '99, and I was like 
I was two years old. Oh, okay. So it, and I didn't start oh, that's watching. That's and I, and I didn't start watching Disney channel until like 2005 or six. So right. that definitely would have flown under my radar. But, um, but now that, that, now that you talk about it around Halloween, I think I may want to want to take a yeah. look. Yeah. And the, the boogeyman whole aesthetic I think is done pretty well. He's pretty scary. And there's like a heart to it because of this, uh, this whole thing with her brother and cancer and everything like that. So I, I definitely recommend it. I think people would like it if they give it a shot. So uh, there we go. We did it. Got that our five so recommendations. Um, well, let's read off our list real quick. Just reminding people what we, what we suggested. So for me, I have the behind the scenes of films from Disney nature, diving with dolphins being the most recent. Then we have the Imagineering story about the history of Disney Imagineering. Togo, Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. The one good, cheap, cool. Um, and then we have Don't Look Under the Bed from Disney Channel. So my list is The Rocketeer, Newsies, The Three Musketeers, A Goofy Movie, and Hercules. Great. So, Ryan, where can people find you in your channel? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Ryan Cam Movie Reviews. Just search there and you will find me. Uh, I've got two running series going on since, uh, since the movie theaters are all closed now. Very sad about that. Uh, one is called the AFI Project, where I'm going to be reviewing every single movie on AFI's top 100 movies of all time list. It's a decent excuse for me to talk about some of the best movies ever made. Uh, and then uh, I've got another series called I Finally Saw, where I take a look at semi-famous movies that, I, uh, that I've never seen. So that includes coming up episodes like Matt Reeves' Cloverfield and, uh, and Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So um, I've got a lot of content coming up on there. And uh, of course, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my letterboxd is all at RyanCam20. Great. Yes. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. And you can find me at the Hallmarkies podcast. So make sure to check that out. So we have lots of good stuff coming out. We're going to have a Talking Disney episode on the Aristocats. So that's going to be a lot of fun with me and Stanford. So look forward to that. We'll have a Sunday devotional coming up too, and a lot of other good stuff. So uh, I'll look forward to hearing you guys, uh, thoughts on all of that so let us know what you think if you've seen any of these 10 different uh, things that we've recommended uh let us know if you like them uh and what are some hidden gems that you like that are on disney plus right now uh let us uh we would love to hear your thoughts so thanks so much and thanks so much ryan and we'll talk to you all later bye everyone bye